11. Revelation chapter 11. As pressure for an international solution to the Middle East problems mounts with each passing day and each summit and each rocket that's fired, um, it is important for us to know the prophecies that God gives. God said, as we've seen, that a global leader will pave the way for Israel to build her third temple. Interesting, I read another article that um, just this week interviewing a, one of the head rabbis of, of the temple rebuilding, and they are ready. All they need is access to the Temple Mount, and um, who knows how that will come and how quickly it may come. And they will reinstitute their sacrifices. Um, the Bible tells us there will be a war in heaven. Satan will be forbidden access and no longer able to function as he is tonight. He has access in heaven, and he is the accuser of the brethren. <clears throat> we sometimes think he's, it's his minions doing most of his work here on earth. He is before the Lord saying, look at, look at that guy. Look what he's doing. He's your child. He's accusing the brethren before the father. And the father appeals to the blood of Christ to cover our sins. But he will be no longer have access to that. And that's when he really takes up his activities on earth during the tribulation period and um, seeks to, to bring um, an end to God's plan, which we know he cannot and will not. <clears throat> and he will be speaking great blasphemies, <clears throat> declare war against anyone that claims to be a follower of Christ. <clears throat> and um, in the midst of all of this, <clears throat> we saw last week, that God raises up 144,000 servants of his, but also he raises up two unique witnesses. And Revelation says these will be two miracle-working witnesses of God who will preach in Jerusalem for three and a half years. They will serve as the conscience of the world they will be hated by most people, and um, their ending will be incredible. It will cause um, worldwide renown, and um, Revelation chapter 11 tells us about that, beginning at verse 3. And we want to look at the two witnesses tonight. Um, realizing the time of the ministry of these two witnesses could be very close. Um, they probably are alive on the earth right now. We don't know for sure. Um, we'll talk just briefly about who they may be. But we want to first look at their um, what the Bible tells us about their, their characteristics and ministry. Notice verse 3, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, 
and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. Their message will be one of repentance. We don't have time to go into it, but clothed in sackcloth. Sackcloth has always been um, God's messengers would be clothed in that, and they preached a message of of repentance, sackcloth and ashes. As I said, we don't have you can you can do a word search on that and look that up yourself. But their message is a message of repentance. Turn from sin and turn to God. Turn from self and turn to God. <clears throat> their purpose is given in verse 4. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Candlesticks, the purpose of candlesticks are to bring light. Their purpose is to bring light to a very, very, very dark time. They are <clears throat> the reference, the two olive trees um, is a reference to the, the power. Um, their, their purpose is to bring light to darkness and uh, the, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice their protection, verse 5. <clears throat> and if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. Wow, can you imagine? I mean, <clears throat> here's two men that are preaching repentance and if anybody comes to hurt them, you notice what it said. <clears throat> Fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. Wouldn't that be cool to be that one of those two? I mean, seriously. I mean, they are invincible. And the power that, that they have, but notice their protection. And, and the power, verse 6, that they have. These have power to shut heaven, that it not rain in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over the waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. So, not only their protection, somebody comes up. Middle East is famous for stabbings. We read about it, you know. Right there, they take care of them. Plus, they have power to make it not rain and the power to turn the waters to blood. So, they have amazing powers. But again, their purpose is to bring light to darkness. Their message is to preach repentance. We need to, we need to keep that in the back of our mind that, that these are the purposes. But God raises them up for his time. And then verse 7 says, And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. So God raises them up. They have a ministry for three and a half years. And then they are killed. You know, every one of us have a time. God knows our time. And um, their time was now. 
to show you how desperately the world hated them and the conscience that they were. Notice verse 8, And their dead bodies shall lie in the streets of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom in Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the peoples and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, and shall make merry, and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. So they die, and their enemies have a Christmas celebration of their death. They, they celebrate. They leave them lay in the streets for three and a half days as a trophy of, of their victory. That these that have been tormenting us and have been preaching to us about God and that we need to repent. Look at, look where they ended up. And let's celebrate. And in their joy and thanksgiving, they had three days of celebration and, um, and rejoicing that the prophets that tormented them were dead. And then God always writes the last chapter. Notice verse 11. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour was there a great earthquake, and a tenth part of the city fell, And in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe cometh quickly. So here they are celebrating, partying, carrying on. Look at that. We did away with them. And all of a sudden, they come back, stand on their feet, and they are back to life. I would love to tune into the evening news that night. I mean, honestly, the news, this will be all over the world. These two are dead, and then God raises them. I would love comeback victories, all right? And God sets this up perfectly and raises them up, and and their resurrection he accompanies it with a great earthquake, and judgment falls, and <clears throat> 7,000 men die. And he says to them, <clears throat> come up hither, and they ascended up into the cloud, and their enemies beheld this, it says. And they were affrighted. Can you imagine? Three and a half days, they're dead. Um, roughly, generally speaking, from the time a person dies to the time of their funeral is about three days, generally speaking. So without being morbid, Dave gets everything ready for the funeral, and he walks in the morning of the funeral, and a guy greets him at the door, the guy that he just had ready 
Do you think Dave would say, good morning, how are you? I think Dave would be affrighted. I think he would be shaken. The reality, this is the reality. They were, I mean, three days laying in their streets. After three days, the body stinketh, the Bible tells us. And the reality of that, they, God miraculously resurrects them to show his power. And again, <clears throat> we are reminded of, of the aspects of this. The nature of God, the character of God, we'll touch on that for a moment in a moment. But some spend a lot of time trying to figure out who these two witnesses are. Um, some say they are Elijah because of the reference to um, making it not rain. Elijah had the power to do that. And they say... Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. They say Elijah was caught up. The reference to turning water to blood is a reference to Moses, that Moses will be coming back. And um, that Elijah and Moses were at the transfiguration of Jesus Christ, if you remember that. And so some say, yeah, it's Moses and Elijah. Some say it is Elijah and Enoch because Enoch walked with God and he was taken and he did not die. So they say it's appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. So Elijah and Enoch did not die. Will there be any other people that do not die? Yeah, I, when the Lord comes again, if the Lord came tonight, I'm not going to die, okay? So to say it has to be those two, you can't say that. It is appointed unto man once to die. It doesn't mean only, are there any people that died twice? Lazarus died twice. The Syrophoenician's daughter died twice. Pardon? <clears throat> so, to, to say it's Enoch and Elijah, to say it's Moses and Elijah, <clears throat> some way off on a real thin limb say it's the church in Israel. Well, no, we know it's two individuals. Their bodies lay in the streets. <clears throat> You're safest to say it's two unknown believers whom God calls his witnesses at the end. Sometimes, this is a saying of mine that my family has heard, sometimes we go deeper than we have oxygen for. If you're a scuba diver and you go too deep and stay down longer than you have oxygen for, It leads to death. And there are many, many things that God did not tell us. And this is one of them. There are some people that have spent their life writing books about who the two witnesses are. If that's what God called them to do, good for them, okay? 
I'm glad he didn't call me to do that, all right? But the point in all of this is not, oh, who are the two witnesses? The application that we need to learn from this is, again, God sends mercy with judgment. I mean, our God is a merciful God. And we're at a time when all the world is declaring war against God. And and think of it. God raised up the 144,000. Now he raised up the two witnesses. And he's preaching repentance. And some will come to know Christ as Savior. And many will reject it. But God, even in the midst of his judgment, is bringing is bringing mercy, the message of mercy. In a lesser sense, but in his greatest sense, we know that we are called to be witnesses, lights in the darkness. The darkness shouldn't scare us. It shouldn't cause us to be filled with fear. <clears throat> you don't need a light in light. You need a light in darkness. So it ought to show when we see the darkness of the world, hey, we're really needed here. There is a desperate need for light. I mean, it's amazing how many people in the world today really believe um, that there is no God, that we're basically a product of evolution and so on. And as we saw earlier, you see where that leads. We are called to be light, and we can trust God's protection. He is not giving you fire to breathe out of your mouth and and burn the people that are there to damage you. But when you are where God wants you to be... You are in the center of God's will for God's time, for God's purpose, with God's protection. And that's what's important. We can rest in that. When God has called us to this, we can rest in that fact. And to rejoice in the fact that there is victory in Jesus. I, I, I love, I, I can't wait to see this happen, you know. I mean, to see them celebrating, 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 <clears throat> and and then <clears throat> and then to see them, the two witnesses rise from the dead, and you talk about a party crasher. Wow. I mean, bringing the and that's just God. I'm going to show you who's in charge. I'm going to show you. <clears throat> who the boss is, and to realize there is victory in Jesus. And and we already know that. We already know how this is all going to end, so we can bank on it. You know, I'm sure many of you have had times where it looked like your team was going to lose, and sure enough, they did, like they always do, right? But every once in a while... It looks like they're going to lose, and wow, they they come back, and they won it. Wow, you know, and you go, whoa, wow, we won. I mean, we've already seen the video. We've already have it right here. 
When you know how it's going to end, you have confidence. Yeah, it looks like we're getting whipped. We ain't on the New England Patriots. We are on God's team. The New England Patriots were down how many points? 28 points at halftime. Looked like they were going to get whipped. And they came back. We don't have Tom Brady. We have Jesus Christ. Tom Brady can't even, can't even touch the shoestrings, the sandal laces of Jesus Christ. There's nobody compared to Jesus Christ. And the victory is ours. And we are called to be light to darkness. And, and we need to quit walking around moping like, oh boy, things are... Oh, the victory's guaranteed. And he gives us these little snapshots. Look what I'm going to do here. Wow, isn't this cool? And he says, wow. And look what I'm going to do here. They think they have all this... You know, God's, it's almost like he's the chess master. He's moving Trump over to the Middle East. I don't know what he's doing over there, but he's moving all these people around, and they think, we got him boxed in. I, don't, I know nothing about chess, okay? But I know checkmate means you got it, right? Who's the chess players out here? Game over. Game done. Checkmate. God's already told us, and he's told us <clears throat> a few of his little moves here, okay? Look at this. They're going to they're gonna think they got me, and here these guys stand up in Jerusalem, pop up on their feet. Wow, that is going to be incredible. So, let's live like the victory. And let's stand together and sing victory in Jesus, all right?